Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of our He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Now, this past weekend, I've been in Wales with a group of guys who I am so incredibly proud to have as close friends. They're more like family, to be honest. But one of the guys is Ian Munro. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you may remember that I recorded an interview with Ian way back. In fact, it was back in episode 15. Now, not surprisingly, that episode ranks as one of the most listened to episodes we've shared. And that's because, well, everybody loves Ian. Yep, talented and a damn good storyteller, but it's Ian's honesty that resonated with so many people. Lots was going on with Ian when we first recorded that episode 15. Uh, He'd just come back from having been flown out to Florida as a special guest of Kelby One to exhibit his images in the Kelby One gallery, which aired live on the internet, with him also being interviewed in front of a large audience. Ian talks about this and how things didn't quite pan out as he thought following all this publicity. However, what he talks about shows that everything happens for a reason because a lot has changed for Ian in the past year, but 100% for the better because now, and you'll totally hear this in his voice, he's way happy with what he's doing, especially having had his work spotted, exhibited at an art gallery in London, sold some of his fine art, which is exactly what his work is. Ian knows who he is and what makes him happy, but it took time to get to this point. But anyway, take a listen, and if you don't yet know Ian, I guarantee you'll love him just as we all do when you get to hear what he has to say. All right, so Ian, those who didn't listen to episode 15, shame on you, but can just do a uh, quick overview. Who are you? All right, okay. Um, Yeah, my name's Ian Monroe. I come from the South Wales Valleys, and um, I'm a photographer, but of late, the last sort of year or two, year or two I've become uh, less of a photographer and more of a sort of creator, set builder and everything else that we'll probably chat about in a, in, in a little while. But um, yeah, all good. Okay, cool. So we, we, we did loads. We talked about loads for episode 15, but I was trying to remember how far ago that was now or how long ago. That was over a year ago, we reckon. A lot's happened in that year, so can you give us like a, an overview and then we'll kind of dive into all those little bits. So what what have you done since the last podcast and what's changed? Oh, right, okay. Um, well, yeah, it's probably been over a year and I think I was reminded it was episode 15. Mm-hmm. And the last time we spoke, it was on the back of uh, the Kelby One exhibition That's right. and um, I was fortunate enough myself and uh, my good friend Gaz to get flown out to Florida have a solo exhibition uh, with the Kelby crew fantastic experience and afterwards I think we were kind of or, or certainly I was waiting to ride this crest of a wave that to be fair it didn't come uh, and, and for a number of reasons but um, in the meantime trying to change my own direction um and what I did in terms of uh, the kind of stuff I do and how it comes across. A couple of things since, I've started going from sort of single pictures to series, uh, purely because the sort of the effort and the expense and the time uh, devoted to doing it just seems to be worth more than one picture. Well, so I'll stop you there then. Before we go into what you're saying about how your work's changed rather than being a single image to multiple series of yeah. images... You said then that this crest of a wave thing that you kind of... What do you mean by that? Um, I think 
I think be, because I was a little bit sort of blown away by the, the whole Florida thing and the, the, the can-do Americans, mm-hmm. um, it was such a fantastic experience. I mean, the one thing that we, myself and Gez, uh, my, my good friend, that we noticed was not, uh, I'd love to do this, but I can't. Or I'd love to do this, but I cannot afford it. Or I haven't got the time. In out there in America, it's like I'd love to do this. So when we do this, and at the time when we do this and that, and they make things happen. It was yeah, like, yeah. But what I say though is, you say that you did this. This thing didn't happen. Yeah. If you could, if you could like rewind time and I don't know, wave a magic wand to say right after I've done the Kelby thing, which is ultimately one of the one of the tick list things you've had. You've had yeah. your own gallery now. You've been flown to the states, which is just like wow. Okay, you've been kind of well looked after out there. If you could rewind time and wave a magic wand to say what you would have ultimately wanted to happen after that Kelby One gallery thing, and now you're you're kind of being pushed out there, yeah. what would you want that to be? Um, I think I'd I'd want some. I was anticipating um, some sort of. Uh, how, how can you say? I was anticipating more, not attention, but uh, maybe more sort of exposure. More, more people getting to know my work. More people getting to know what I do, and hopefully resulting in. Uh, more people wanting to work with me, me, me getting myself out there. And the, the the long game would have been, that year would have been nice to have taken a step back with my day job. Okay, so, right. So you get the exposure at the Kelby One. I'm going to really yeah. dive in here, yeah. mate. You know, because yeah. what people loved about your, your your podcast was, because it is, and I've said to you on the way when, before we recorded this, it's still one of the most listened to episodes <laughs> we've got. And the feedback is because you're so damn honest. Yeah. So you're, yeah. here you do your Kelby One gallery, think this is this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. Now we're now going to tip over that edge and everything's going to start running. If you are going to be <laughs> really honest. Bloody yeah, I know. But if you're going to be really yeah. honest now, yeah. Why do you think that was? Was it was it because you didn't do something? Yeah. Right, okay. So yeah, ultimately. Right. Um I'm not about to sort of make excuses, shift any blame. I mean the fact of the matter is this a fantastic experience with fantastic people and I felt like I was given a lift and I didn't take advantage of it a hundred percent like I should have or no, like I wanted to. And the biggest the biggest reason was the work commitment and the fact that bills need to be paid and the kind of work that I do. Uh, I cannot just go to the studio or go somewhere, take a picture, put it out there and expect the following, expect money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do weddings, families, children, this, that, and the next thing. You know, I couldn't think of anything worse for cake myself. Smash. No, cake no, sma- cake sm- <laughs> no cake smashes. I'll leave that to uh, Crothers, yeah. Um, no, no, no cake smashes, no nothing. Um, what I do, unfortunately, takes time. And when you need to strike while the iron's hot, mm-hmm. then you don't have time. And I had to make a decision, basically. Um, what do I do? Do I go mainstream? Do I take on more commercial stuff? Do I change? And then I thought, you know what? No, sod it. No, I'm not, I'm not changing. Because if I change, you stop enjoying what you do. And I've had it before. I left school. I, I played football at a high level. Um, I played football for money but I stopped enjoying it. Mm. The best games I had, the best laugh I had was playing for pub teams. Yeah, yeah. You know? And this is exactly the same with photography is is that the moment somebody... I've been saying lately, I'd love to have a 50 grand budget. I'd love to have a 20 grand budget and somebody commissioned me to do something. 
But on the back of that becomes responsibility. It takes the enjoyment away and everything else. I was going to say, the magic of what you guys do, when I say you guys, for those who are listening, it's kind of like, you know, we're all mates here. We've got a real good group, but there yeah. are specific people that you're always doing stuff with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you've mentioned Gez already. There's Anthony, there's Steve. It's a real great, fun working relationship there. But probably the magic, a lot of the magic comes from the idea that you have to be more creative because there isn't that 50 grand budget. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, you know, the two things we've changed, which is the introduction of involving Gez more, uh, Anthony, Steve, even yourself with certain input and and advice, um, has been fantastic. It's because sooner or later you'll get to the point where something has to give. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's been a case of uh, I I can't do the the behind-the-scenes video myself. I cannot film this. I cannot do that. I cannot build this. I need help. And that's the best thing that's come out of this this last year is the fact of acknowledging for me to realize, say, my dream, I need to involve other people because maybe I'm dreaming too big. But I dream of these things and these ideas. The ideas come so easy to me. Do you, do you find that delegation hard? Uh, when I say delegation, I mean yeah. allowing other people to do that. Because, you know, Gez <laughs> does the video. Yeah. You, we've I, already I, said you love video, but Gez, I, let Gez do yeah, the video. Yeah. Do you find that hard? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I can't say too much because uh, probably Ge- yeah, Ge- yeah. Guess is sat next to me, and uh, you know, uh, I find it hard to let go of absolutely anything because maybe that's been my stumbling block. I've liked to take charge of everything. Yeah. Um, because when you have an idea, your perception of something that you've thought up, you'd love it to be executed in the way that you originally intended. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a film director or a film producer or whatever has this idea based on this. You always hear reports about things like, um, oh, I hear that uh, so-and-so's not happy with this film because it wasn't a true reflection on this, that, the next thing, uh, on the book or this, or the author's not happy with, because, say, The Lord of the Rings uh, is rubbish because of this, because of that, and Tolkien wanted this. Uh, and it's, it's learning to let go and put trust and faith in friends, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, myself and Gez, we go back 20 years, and he's he's far more composed and capable than I am. It's just, <laughs> you know, I need to have a sort of say in anything. And the other thing I will touch upon is the fact that having a sort of... Um, a sort of um, addictive personality is it or if, if, so, so obsessive ob- ob- yeah, yeah yeah this kind of thing is that um, you know once I start if I was to start with video mm. that's photography gone <laughs> because I love video I love film if I start with anything that's the rest falling by the wayside I just seem to sort of drift the only thing that has stayed with me over the years is I mean as you know Glenn you, you, you were a bodybuilder yourself I, I've gone from sport to bodybuilding to photography the only thing that's been constant has been the photography since sort of for the last sort of 10 11 years yeah, yeah um and that's the only thing that i can't see changing but going back the results have proved in the last sort of 10 months 12 months that having gears having anthony and steve mm-hmm. uh, and these people on board seeing them enjoy what they do and what they do towards a, a photo shoot and a, and a concept, and also letting them have their say. <laughs> but the funny thing is, they might have their say, but I, I, I'm not listening. But ultimately, you know, it's what but you ultimately, say yeah, you know, they'll, yeah, they'll <laughs> yeah. argue the point, and then until I re, until they realise they're wrong. But uh, you know, I, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's turned to the point where um, it's fantastic listening to other people's opinions because whether I like it or not, and Truth be known, um, 
I, I'd never lie, openly lie about this, is the fact that I may have a concept, I may carry it out, I may tell people how I want it, but ultimately there's these other guys mm-hmm. that chirp in with small little ideas and they're game changers. Everybody's got something to bring At, to the table, haven't they? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And the, the, the funny thing is, it's been a, quite a smooth transition with Gez uh, and Anthony, both very, very capable photographers, putting their cameras down... They haven't taken a picture for. They haven't taken a picture for a, a bloody twelve months. Uh, <laughs> it's because they are now they they, they they check in tutorials on video production, video editing, Adobe Premiere. It's yeah, all this yeah, stuff, yeah. and of course, I'm seeing I'm seeing this interface on the computer. It's Adobe Premiere, and I'm like, what does this do? Mm. Oh, but this you can just use a clapperboard and you can sync the sound, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, don't get me started with this. Just Otherwise, you day. know what, Clint. We'd run out of somebody to press the bloody shutter to take the picture. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, it, it's so addictive, you know? Totally. But um, that's where we are now. Uh, and like I said, just going back to um, photography itself, it's changing one picture for our efforts into a bit of a storytelling. Well, that, that, that kind of leads on then, doesn't it? Because yeah. here we, you know, we mentioned here about the Kelby one thing and what you ultimately would have liked to have happened. But in your own admission there, it kind of hasn't done no. what you thought you wanted yeah. to happen because of what you're doing. And also the, the full-time job there that kind of gets in the way as well, which isn't an excuse. It's just a fact. Yeah. But now that we are fast-forwarding, things have changed for you because you've already alluded to it with the, the series of pictures. So yeah. kind of it's almost like everything happens for a reason. And it's, it probably was a good thing it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, in the terms of in terms of change and direction uh, – no matter, I think, do you know what? No matter how photographers, people in general, whatever they're doing for a living, you can want a change in direction, but you can't force it. Mm. You, you, you know, it was just, it's just like going back to things like um, bodybuilding back in the day. Uh, when it came to the fact that you could eat what you want, uh, when it came to the, 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 the fact that there's a show, there's a contest, and you have to diet from this particular date. If if you don't flick that switch, if you don't fo- you know mm. try and get on it, then you're never going to make the time. And and right now, I think for me personally, and I know you were at the the show, the society show back at the the beginning of the year. Yeah, we've got to talk about that, haven't we? We've got to talk about <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> is that things do happen for a reason, and I just think that the more you force it, the more it'll never come, and you'll end up probably resenting what you do. And, and not only that, do you know what? Resenting others. I'm mm-hmm. I'm guilty of flicking through social media, seeing people Ugh. doing other things, and and people telling me or or posting out there how how busy they are. Mate, how much I, I know exactly where you're coming you, from. You, you know, and and, and they're doing this. this. And you know what? Ian Munro's not busy. Ian Munro's working six shifts on four rest days. Six shifts on four rest days. And if Ian Munro doesn't use his time, his rest days from work from his day job to create sets, to build sets, to have ideas, to carry out stuff, to buy things uh, and, and, and realize this, this idea, realize this dream, realize this picture and this end game, this end product, then if I don't maximize my time, I'm done. I'm, I'm a Yeah, but you've also got to get a balance there because if you're working six days, that's yeah. six days away from your other half. Yeah. You've got four days off there. You can't spend all those four days doing stuff. You've got, no. to, you've got to have a home life as well. Uh, That's a difficult balance. It's a huge balance because I think the only thing keeping myself and Jane, you know, sort of sane for whatever reason is that um, 
I, I am making baby steps towards uh, the dream, towards the end goal. Um, right now, because I'm not the type of person that does work that could say, um, I could teach you how to do something. I mean, all my work can be sort of seen, can be asked about in terms of things like lighting or how you did this, how you did that. But I, I can't teach people ideas i can't teach people imagination yeah, yeah, I, you know that. everybody yeah. has their different sort of the different interpretation of stuff so when it comes to things like making money jane's the first one to say you know i uh, i mean we're at the point we could do with you making a bit of money because these photo shoots that i do these personal projects of which i 100 percent support i endorse i encourage photographers this is to, jane saying this yeah you know yeah. she encourages people to do these personal projects they do come at a cost you, you mm-hmm. don't get many personal projects that cost nothing mm-hmm. if i've got a personal project and um okay and my name is joel grimes and i'm going to travel around america photographing bikers yeah yeah He's going to have to put petrol in I, his car. I mean, I've spoken to Joel about that, and I know we're talking a considerable investment for that project. I'm telling you, it's not coming cheap. Mm. Um, as we do the, as we're having this chat now, Glenn, there's um, there's a picture that I, I've just finished, and uh, it was done on a budget of as as well nothing, or it should have been. Mm. But either way, whether it's tins of paint, props time manpower um whatever it is this particular image uh i probably wouldn't get change out of 500 pound mm-hmm. you know 600 dollars wow. whatever it is you know um i've got to find that money i've also got to try and justify it with jane and and the family and you know what i'm doing she's super supportive she has a better paid job than i have in a day job and she knows and she sees 100% that the only thing that's making me happy as a middle-aged man at the moment, <laughs> is what I love and what I do. And for me to share that with the lads, Gares and Anthony, they all have a different input. You see stuff that in my sets that I can't, I can't make, I can't build. For me to, to, to go out there and say, well, I did this and I did that. Actually, no. Anthony made It's, it's interesting putting in there. It's interesting what you say there about Jane sees that the, what you're doing is what makes you happy. Yeah. We kind of touched on that last time, if I remember rightly, because we talked briefly, I mean, it's all coming back to me now, that we talked briefly about the time when I was at the studio doing a shoot. Yeah. There was a, one of our, a, a girl called Sarah who was there, and you got dressed up, and you photographed, yeah. you photographed her. Sorry, you didn't get dressed up, she did. And you I, photographed I have got her. dressed up in the past, mind. I did yeah. say. <laughs> uh, but you kind of felt that you had to, and it wasn't, you did it because you felt you should be doing it, and there was work there that you just wasn't you, and it wasn't making you yeah. happy. And even Jane noticed that, didn't she? Yeah, that was bizarre. The fact that um, I've taken sort of... Uh, I've taken portraits, normal everyday portraits, uh, corporate headshots, you're, you, you know, and whilst technically, this is the whole point, this is what I'm trying to get to, technically, these portraits that I took, number one, I didn't in particularly enjoy doing them. They're, they're standard portraits of people, and um, that was it. I don't enjoy it, and technically, they were lit as good as the next person, mm-hmm. all right? Exposure, everything else, processed, very nice, all good. Tick the box. When I showed Jane this, um, it, there, there was that moment, it, it was literally a mic drop, and it was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, you know? Um, she's, I, I showed her the pictures, uh, and it was a series of portraits, headshots, and I was looking at Jane for sort of um, 
encouragement or for her to, you know, look, all guys are the same. I was looking for something from her to say, wow, they're fantastic. And she was, oh, okay, um, yeah, nice. I said, hmm. what do you mean? And, and instantly I thought, am I missing something? Is this something glaringly obviously wrong with the pictures? Hmm. Uh, and I said, what do you mean nice? And she went, yeah, yeah, they're really nice. And I said, oh, right. I said, okay, then. I said, that's it, is it? And she said, well, what do you want me to say? And I said, well, I don't know. I, I thought they were great because I was looking at it from a photographer's point of view. Yeah, yeah. Jane doesn't understand lighting and, and everything and, and the processing afterwards or whatever. So I was looking for more and I didn't get it. And then she came out with it and she said, I can't see you in the picture. Oh, that's just amazing wow. that she even noticed that. That's wow. just, we kind of, we don't, we're kind of a bit ignorant to what other people see and what we do, aren't we really, I guess? Because we're too self consumed yeah, with, yeah. with getting somewhere every photographer i know i mean of late um I, I still get i still get sort of emails phone calls requests to speak to camera clubs and photography clubs and there was a a time in my sort of in my career I, I look photography is not my bloody career there was a time when i would welcome that because i was rather flattered that somebody would listen to me mm-hmm. And I could do a presentation and I can chat and I can uh, show them how I did this or that or whatever. Um, but it's the realization that when I'm looking at the, the people there in the, the camera clubs, they're rather sort of, sort of stuck in that way. Mm. There's, there's, no, there's, no, um, liter- there's no raw creativity happening. There's nothing welcomed in. And I was getting nothing back. I was getting no feedback. I was getting nothing, you know. I was once described by a camera club as um, I read a review and they said it was a fantastic evening. It was this, it was that. And I thought, this is really good. And it ended with, uh, with, with them saying, if you can imagine driving at 100 mile an hour and winding your window down on the car and holding your head out, everybody in the audience felt that at the end. <laughs> and do you know what? That was probably the best compliment I've ever had because that's what I want. Yeah. They were sort of like, that was 100 mile an hour. We don't really know what just happened for the last hour, <laughs> you know, uh, apart from, you know, waking the pensioners up. Yeah, then yeah. Uh, that that was it. But I've still cleared from that because I realise that photographers, if if you're not an educator or a tutor, what can you offer another photographer? Because an, photograph, photographers are quite hard to and people in general to accept critique or to accept they're wrong or to accept an image is bad or good or whatever and and also why should an image be bad why why can't an, an image that say you love when you put it there to be say critiqued or to be looked at why can't it just be a great picture nothing mm, more to yeah, say I, agree, yeah. I think some people look at things to be wrong there was i mean when it comes to camera clubs i mean i have I think since we last spoke, because I went through a stage of when I was doing them, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and I think since we've last spoke, I probably have done, and that's let's say a year and a half since not since we last spoke, but since we did the podcast is what I mean. I've probably done two in that year and a half, yeah. And they were ones that I had some kind of connection because I knew somebody really well who was part of that club, and they asked me to come along. Definitely, but it always yeah. used to feel to me that you kind of had that front row, maybe, of people with those arms folded. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mister oh, Entertainer, yes. entertain me. Yes, do you know what yes, I mean. That's yes. how it come felt. on, monkey boy. That's you it. know, do something special. You know. Yeah. Um, but photographers can learn from photographers. I mean, you kind of said there that what can a photographer teach a photographer that knows it? But even if it's the thought process and the way you were thinking, which is 
probably what people would mainly get from you, isn't it? Oh, you can speak about it. Yeah. I just don't think that you necessarily teach it. Right. Um, okay. Oh, you can speak about it and you can captivate an audience for a set time and you can you can walk out of this room and you can say, I enjoyed that. That was fantastic. But technically, what have you got? Um, I, I know that if you picked uh, somebody like, uh, for example, say, say John McNally we spoke about sort of earlier, uh, you can learn. You can learn things like, off-camera flash guns going off here, there, and everywhere, and setups going on, and mm-hmm. you know. So, teachers, educators, these kind of people, they can do that, and it's quite well. It's, it's virtually impossible to expect somebody to be on the same sort of wavelength as you, with your mindset and with your imagination. If that makes sense, yeah, it does, yeah, yeah. you know, um, which is, which is why, uh, I know we've always spoke about things like tutorials, uh, educate, doing this, putting this out, putting that. And the reason I haven't as yet is is because it's really, really hard to sort of teach what I do. And we spoke about things like, um, well, it's all well and good putting something out there, but not everybody has the ability, time and space to build a time machine or, uh, or, yeah. or a set or a scene. You know, so from my point of view, it, it it would be quite a niche, a niche market for me. I think it says a lot about you as well, though, the fact that you haven't put something out there. Because you look at the range of work that you've got, clearly there is stuff. It doesn't have to be a full length tutorial, but there is a lot of stuff in there that you take for granted, but others don't know. But you could teach on the fact that you haven't done it. Says a lot about you. The fact that no, I'm not ready for that yet, because yeah. there is again that kind of pride and maybe knowledge that if you're going to put something out it's got to be good which is why you don't rush your pictures you oh. wait till you get it right and you put I, it out so the whole thing seems, you, you're doing it for the right reasons I guess is what I'm saying 100% for me the worst thing that could happen to me believe it or not I, I mean I certainly don't particularly lack confidence but to be shot down mm. by putting something out there that's inferior in any way or wrong or but um I'd probably curl up and die for the rest of my days, you know, um, because it does affect people. And I think ultimately there's only so much you can walk around the place in. I don't care what so-and-so thinks of me and I don't this and that. And I just do my, it's nice to be liked and it's nice to be thought of well. And it's nice to give something back. And people I, do care really. I care. You do care. No, I, I care. don't care who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. The bad comments do still get to you. Hurts. Yeah. I, um, I, for me to put something out there and, and, and have, and I know people get it all the time, for, for somebody to go on my YouTube channel and say something bad, uh, yeah, I'm six foot three, ex-bodybuilder, I'd probably cry. Um, but because it matters. So, yeah, no, I would not release anything unless, unless I could give it away. Mm. And that probably changes a whole different conversation in terms of what you do, because I know yourself, you give things free. I've had a lot of stuff free from you, free tutorials, free downloads, and it's fantastic. But to me, when you're working six days, uh, sort of 58 hours, and then you're having four rest days, for me to build a set, for me to light the set, for me to cast for models and people to come into my pictures in four days... When I tell people, how long did this picture take? It took three months. Mm. It didn't take three months of eight hours a day. It took three months of four rest days in blocks, you know. Do, does it bother you? Because I know, I know I can kind of sometimes feel for this. You're very conscious of how long it's been since you've put out a new piece of work. And yeah. you feel that, you know, oh, I need to be, I haven't shown something for maybe a week or two weeks, or whatever. Because you're, there's time between 
the time that's involved in you prepping everything that you do, yeah. wheel and sets and ideas and storyboarding and all that kind of stuff, it can be literally two, maybe even three months. Does that bother you now? Uh, or I mean, did it ever bother you or does it bother you now, if you know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> doesn't bother me now so much. Bothered me a lot. Mm. And I was constantly reminded by Gez. When, for example, when I do a picture, um, I'm trying to pick up techniques from, from various people about something like, for example... Tell people what you're doing whilst the set is being built and everything else and build up the excitement maybe. You bring the image out and then a bit later maybe some behind-the-scenes footage and things like that. But yeah, when once that's done, inevitably there's a dip in yep. what you're doing. You put it, I have to take the set down and everything else. Think again, restart again. Um, and... When you see these platforms like Instagram that people are posting, fantastic. I know people keep things back, so maybe they'll do mm -hmm. a, a photo session with a model and have 10 great images. Uh, there's people releasing images every day, and it's very popular, so it keeps people's, in, people's interest. And I can't do that. Mm. So recently, um, especially over the last... Um, it happened at the societies, like you said, that we'll, we'll, we'll speak about, Definitely, I would say over the last since the summer uh, and the the introduction of this uh, flux exhibition, a magazine yeah. that we'll touch upon, yeah, yeah. Um, it's changed my mindset in terms of who am I trying to reach out to? And I made a huge mistake, a huge mistake. I was trying with my work and with what I do. I love what I do, but I was trying to reach out to photographers. Bah, bah, that's it, it's gone. I'm not reaching out to photographers. If photographers like my work, and if photographers want to follow me, I'm not reaching out to photographers. They, they can't give me back, essentially, because I, because I don't particularly teach what I do. What can they give me back? If, if I was to do a workshop, what am I teaching for a start? Would people give things back? I'd want to give a lot back. That's the other thing, is feeling how much you can give for a fee that they give, mm -hmm. what their expectations are, et cetera, et cetera. So this, for me, was a huge, um, a huge, not a brainwave, but a huge crossover since the last time we spoke in episode 15 um, in terms of who am I targeting, where do I want to be, and what sort of crowds do I want to be mixing with. So has, has this all come because of what happened at the societies? Is yep. it almost like a... A, a wake up call with what happened there. We can't go into. T I know. I've, I think I've touched about it on one of the episodes, um, without naming names and all this kind yeah, of stuff and companies' yeah. names. Th things kind of happened for both me and you, didn't they? That made Hugely. us go, "Hold on a second. Hugely. And it changed my direction. Yeah. But it's definitely changed yours. Now, am I right in saying that at the time of the societies, which for those who don't know is what they call the SWPP, Society of Wedding and Portrait Photographers, a yearly event held in London, and we were we were teaching there generally at the very beginning of each year. And at the time of the one we're talking about, which I think is this year, isn't it? We're talking, right, let's say 2019, Jan January, January 2019. Yeah, yeah. At the time, was your mindset that photography, I want to be a full-time working photographer? And then what happened at the society has kind of made you realise, actually, no, I don't want that. I want to be able to do this and sell to, you know, take my own time not feel the pressures of running a business as such, yeah. but just produce fine art that I will sell to Joe Public. 100%. It was literally at that time. It was huge for me. I know that we experienced um, similar encounters at that show, but there was one that I experienced um, that changed 
everything for me. And um, at that time, at, up until that point, I was still targeting photographers. I mm-hmm. was I was on stage trying. Um, uh, I was on stage with Steve with uh, with my mate Stevie Deeks. Um, sat up on the stage as a model, and Anthony as a model. Um, and it, it was successful. And do you know what? I'm not going to lie. The adrenaline, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but during that time, I, I, I'm a bit of a believer in sort of like, if you bang your head against the wall hard enough, you'll go through it, you know? And it was at that time I was thinking, you've got to do it. You might be making a loss. You might be making a couple of quid. You might be just covering your expenses, but you have to keep on going, mm-hmm. keep on keeping on. Um, but I was introduced at the end of one of my demos. Uh, I was introduced to a gentleman called Keith Robertson. And my first impressions, to be honest with you, and um, I'll probably ask Keith to, to listen to this. Um, I just thought that perhaps it's just uh, an odd bod photographer or somebody that shared the same values as other photographers. And um, he introduced himself uh, as Keith and everything else. I love your stuff. It's all great. It's all good. Um, he doesn't even own a camera. He has no interest in photography. And he's at this society show. He's an, he's an art collector, an art fan, um, all different medias, painting, scu- uh, sculptures, everything. That opened my eyes to a whole different world. And finally, I thought there could be a possibility here where perhaps I fit. And perhaps I've had it wrong for all this time. Mm-hmm. And after meeting him, um, he suggested to me that he goes to uh, a couple of different art fairs in London and everything else. And straight away, my ears go up and I'm thinking, London. London, London's big. It's hardly the South Wales Valleys, you know. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, great. He introduces me to sort of different things. Oh, check. I tell you what, what's your email address, he says to me. I'll email you when you go home because I know you're busy right now. And um, I thought, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. And I got a day or so later. Hi, just touching base. It's Keith, it is. Uh, once again, fantastic demo. You know, really great to meet you. Um, please see attached links. Um, on these various art fairs and art shows. And my first impression was, um, art. <laughs> you know, uh, put a banana in the corner of the room and switch a light on or whatever. Yeah, what's, that yeah what's all that about, right? <laughs> um, but um, when I when I took a look, there was, I did a lot of art at school anyway, and I, I, I love all forms of art, whatever. Um, and when I looked at this sort of, um, into this field, shall we say, uh, I discovered that I know there's going to be sort of bitching about this, that, and the next thing, but really speaking, if you, whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating, people are welcoming it. People are loving it and encouraging it. And I thought, well, that's refreshing for a start. And he said, you almost, you, you also may be interested. Um, there's a person I know uh, that does these exhibitions. She's an art curator, um, and her name's Lisa Gray. And... I sort of poo-pooed it for a while uh, until one weekend I was sat in the house and it was a Saturday and I think, he, you know what, I think I even mentioned something like this. It's a bit of a trend, really. I had my laptop open. I'm scrolling through YouTube, this, that, different websites, looking at stuff, photography, everything else. And he gave me Lisa Gray's details and I'd had a couple of drinks in the house on the <laughs> weekend and, uh, and my, my head was a little bit fuzzy. I felt a bit confident and I dropped her an email with my website and portfolio and that was it it, it 
it just went boosh, blank, nothing. I woke up on the Saturday, <laughs> thick head and everything else, thought nothing of it. Uh, on the Sunday, rather, and uh, she replied, love that. Love it. Um, so what exactly is it you do in this and that? Oh, well, I build my own sets and I do this and I love what I do. Whatever she saw in this person from the valleys and everything else was obviously raw. I, mm. I'm the first one to admit. It's, it's nothing refined. It's nothing special. But I think from her point of view, she deals with a lot of artists on every different platform. She deals with them and she helps them. She cuts out the galleries, the middleman and everything yeah. else. So she makes sure that your work gets seen by the right people. And there we have it. Look, bing. That was the light bulb moment for me, Glenn, in terms of my direction, where I've been for the last year, what I've been doing. And ultimately, coming away from photography and looking at art itself, I realized that my stuff would fit into series of images. And what and a confidence booster to have what? someone who says, I'm interested yeah, in your yeah. stuff. Yeah, and then... Um, things things started to move really really quick then um, after the introduction um, I quickly discovered that she was a curator and organiser for uh, an exhibition in London called the Flux Exhibition the Flux Gallery and when I sort of googled on the past exhibitions that had been held very lavish affairs very good um, high standard the right people and they are there and they buy in they collect in. They collect in new artists. They like to see upcoming artists. They like to venture and dip in, maybe buy a, a piece of your work and things like that. You know, so mm. there's room to to get some sort of money back. There's room, and not only that. There's the, the 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 beauty of selling a piece of art or one of your pictures or anything. I mean, that gives you a tremendous boost. And whilst financial uh, sort of figures wise, you may still be running a picture may cost me five hundred pound to do, and yet if you was to sell a picture say for two hundred and fifty pound, then technically you're two hundred and fifty pound down. But you know what that feels like to have somebody that's willing to pay money for your worth, yeah, yeah. and that's about knowing your worth. Mm -hmm. And she said, "You've just missed a flux exhibition, but there's another one coming up." Uh, in, I can't think, I think it was July this year. Um, this is early in the year. This is something like February. After SWPPs and I had made contact, this comes to February. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't think you're going to make this one in sort of March. However, there's one in later on in the year. So um, would you be interested? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and then the rest have gone, you know, um, from there. And, and that's exactly what I've done. So what, what was it like exhibiting then? The What was the difference between ex exhibiting or having your own gallery at, say, the Kelby, which would have been the first gallery, I guess, you've had, to then be in London at this, you know, a real, genuine pucker art exhibition, there you are exhibiting. How did that How did that compare? And what was it? I think, you, even though the Kelby one was a gallery, I mean, it was a gallery that were, that they're still going quarterly or whatever yeah. Scott does um, out there. And basically, you submit submit your work to be curated, to be looked at, to see if you know, see what it's up against, and if it's worthy of it. So that in itself is an achievement. However, knowing that your work is on display to the public, and there's a price mm -hmm. on your work, okay, that's the difference. There's a price on your work. With the Kelby One Gallery, there was an exhibition of your work 
but there was no price. There was no for sale. There was no, oh, this is one of five images. This is a limited edition. You can have it on this. You can have it on that format or this, that. It was an exhibition as a celebration of your work and your photography, which was fantastic in itself. So in comparison, there was no comparison. You're, you, you can't hide at these exhibitions. Your work is up there. It's priced and collectors want to know or they want to buy. Yeah, and, the, and the, the Calvary One Gallery, although there wasn't that thing where people can come along and buy them, that must have been for you almost like a, a confirmation for you that what you're doing is good, that it does get a gallery, that it, people will pay for you to fly to America to come and exhibit your image. That must have been, if anything, one heck of a confidence booster in what you're doing. Huge, mate, huge. Uh, to the point where subconsciously I would say I probably wouldn't have made the contact with Lisa Gray yeah, yeah. if it wasn't on the back it's of... It's sliding doors moments. Things happen for a 100%. reason. 100%. And... and what I will say is, just if we could just rewind a little bit, I did open my email to Lisa Gray saying, I'm a photographer from South Wales. This is my work. I've recently exhibited in Florida. <laughs> oh, well, there Boom! you go. <laughs> you know? So 100%. Number one, I, I can't thank Scott enough for the, the experience, the yeah, trip yeah. and everything else. They sent me back my prints from the exhibition. Um, and every now and then I'll take a look at them and, you know, and my mind is blown by it. By it. But um, moving on from that, uh, yeah, so there we go. We've established something, Glenn. The Kelby One Gallery was responsible for my boosting confidence to contact an art uh, yeah. curator yeah. and yeah. to introduce myself as a solo exhibiting artist. Exactly, yeah. Boom, yeah. there we are. So actually, as we speak now, I've just realised, thank you, Scott Kelby. Do you think, you know, so, that's just made me think there, because I, sometimes I get asked, and it's not like an everyday thing, but every now and again you get asked from people saying, how can I get my name out there? And one of the things, and I forget it was, it Ted said to me years ago, one of the things to do is before you try to conquer the world, let your neighbours know what you do. So if you've got a village hall, hold an exhibition of your own work in, the, in your local village hall for a weekend. Do you think then that could, you could then say, I've just had my own gallery? You, you could, couldn't you, really? You, you've just exhibited. And... Of course you could. I would say that as you move along and you progress, the venue matters, obviously, the catchment yeah. area, where you are, and everything else would. But I would encourage everybody, number one, I mean, I haven't got to speak to you about print. I know you love it. Mm -hmm. You know I love it and everything else. So physically, to get an exhibition out there anywhere is fantastic. I wish I could see more. I wish there was more locally to me. The one thing I will say is that in my experience, the fact that up until the Kelby Gallery, the fact that I had never exhibited in the UK and my first exhibition was in, in America. In America. Yeah. So when you say, tell your neighbours what you're doing, <laughs> I'm thinking, gee whiz, maybe I should tell my neighbours what I I'm doing. I get the feeling the neighbours probably got to know because uh, you They were... probably have, yeah, because, uh, yeah, <laughs> and they, they, they're like, you know, he does some weird stuff. Uh, but, yeah. It's it's a case of, yeah, let your locals know, do your local thing. But just quickly touching upon the other thing without being sort of negative is sometimes, you know, just sometimes these venues, they want money. They want extortionate money. Instead, there's not many, especially where, where, where I live, um, I've tried to sort of exhibit and, and inquire and they might say, well, yeah, you know, you want this space or this room, it's £500 a week. So it's not really encouraging you. Mm. You're thinking, Craig, I've got to cover this. You know, instead of working together and say, well, actually, the venue is free. However, if we can put refreshments on for people and this and that, we can take the money. Absolutely. 
All I want is for my work to be displayed, for people to enjoy. You eyes on, don't you? Eyes on, yeah. for people to enjoy. And you know what? I'd get just as much satisfaction of 100 great compliments rather than nothing and just one purchase. Mm. It's fine. But providing it's a win-win for both the, 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 the gallery place or the venue and the artist. So, and obviously now then you've got this, you've you exhibited in London at this official art gallery exhibition yep. event in London. I know that you actually, you'd sell an image, which you're yes. like, wow, I've sold in an image. Yeah. It's limited edition. And yeah. you went, you did everything right with that, didn't you? Just explain what process you did with that so that somebody who's buying one of your images knew what they were getting was the genuine article, if you like. Okay. What did you do? Yeah. Right. So in terms of printing, I don't home print. I did have an experience once where I, I bought an expensive printer, tried it. It's very, it's quite difficult it's, to, to master. I know you've had great success, <laughs> you're smug. It's taken me a long time. Uh, yeah, though. no. Oh, well, I, I, wasn't as, I wasn't quite as success, uh, successful as you were, Glenn. Uh, and then when it came to changing the cartridges and realizing the expense, do you know what? I <laughs> yeah, thought, oh, yeah. hello. Um, it's an expense that you don't want to get wrong too much um so the printer went and there's a lot of companies now online and that you can get you can upload your work to and they'll print it and everything and um give them a shout out because i've used them the uh, ones that you oh, used, i'm uh, not into shout outs glenn you won't find me but anyway <laughs> digital labs are bloody fantastic so are basically at the societies uh, yeah good point glenn at the societies gez uh was speaking to uh jill from Digital Labs, and she was interested in my work on what we do. I'm interested in somebody that can print great, you know, and everything. So at the point, he said, look, Jill really wants to chat to you. And I'm, oh, okay. Now, mate, now. <laughs> and when, if anybody knows Gez, when Gez says now, when Gez says jump, you say, how I? Yeah, so yeah. he's dragged me along, and I'm introduced, and we get chatting, and she's looking, and she's thinking, this is fantastic stuff. And there's a uh, there's a gentleman there. There's, there's two. I think Alex is in charge of things like the framing presentation. Jeff is in charge of the printing. Legend. Um, do you know what? Between the pair of them, as you know, because you use them, they they hit the nail on the head every time, all of the time. And that's all I needed was that confidence. So the difference for me is, for example, uh, without going into cost, I don't think it's even right to talk about no, cost. No. The reason why is because when I go to galleries or I see something and somebody... Um, is selling something for £50,000, that person may value that and value themselves at £50,000. I'll tell you straight, I can't afford £50,000. As a matter of fact, I can't afford £5,000. But the one thing I don't do when I go to exhibitions and I look at art and other people's work, I never look at any price tag. I look to see if I like it, if I love it, if there's a connection with it, if, I, if I'm wowed by it. And then, finally, I might think, wow, I bet that costs a pretty penny or this and that. I never question the artist, and you should never question a photographer's price. You should never question an artist what they're doing because you should know your bloody worth. Mm. If I started going around and saying, oh, you like that picture, do you? Do you realise that cost me £500? It also cost me £300 to print it and frame it, so that's £800. I'm going to sell it to you for £1,000. I'm making £200. All they see is this. You know Ian Monroe? He's selling a picture for a thousand pound. Yeah, but you know, Ian Monroe got two hundred quid for that, and Ian Monroe took three months at two hundred pound. I think you find I'm on minimum bloody wage and less. <laughs> so this is why I don't like talking about price. Yeah, yeah. Photographers should know their worth. Um, I encourage it. Um, just like I don't like to see people 
undercutting, budgeting, doing things cheap. You do pay, you pay for what you get. And that saddens me a little bit that um, I know people's budgets are different and everything, but that aspect does sadden me a little bit, especially when I see effort, attention to detail. I mean, anybody that knows my work, sometimes, like in the latest picture, there's five characters in one scene. Mm. Now, these characters need to travel to my studio. They need to give me four, five, six hours of their time, travel back. Yeah, I pay them in Jaffa cakes. I pay them in biscuits. Literally. Literally, mate. <laughs> literally. And the thing is, you know what? There's nothing I'd like better. Um, I was just speaking to um, one, one of the lads on the, on the way back. There's nothing better that I would like to hit it big somewhere with someone to pay me my worth for one reason, so that I could sit in a pub and dish the money out between us as mates. Because they bring something to me and I'm so ever so grateful for what they bring to me. And to the point where I'm grateful. I, I'm, I'm asking Gez, I'm asking Anthony and Steve and Foxy and these mm. people that feature in my pictures and help with the behind the scenes and everything. I'm asking a hell of a lot because they too work. But I can't do it all myself. And that's another thing that's changed for me. And that is becoming more of a team and a team player. And that's why, if there's anything I can do for somebody else, just like today, what we've been doing. It's been fantastic. We've yeah. had a great day today yeah, um, yeah. doing this video. Um, as we spoke about earlier, we love video. We love doing it. And once again, there's been five or six of us doing it literally for giggles and to mm. get out there. Um, you haven't once asked me for money. I haven't once asked you. We've had a blast. I know you're going to pick up the tab probably for the curry later, which we're not having, but you always do. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that if in an ideal world somebody paid you your worth, yeah, and I realize that it's frustrating for so many photographers, then the first thing I would do, I would love to sit down with a pint and give a little envelope out. Mm. I don't care how much is in it, 20 quid, 50 quid, and just say, guys, you realize uh, we sold one of those prints? That's all I want because I'm I'm quite happy in my day job in my work, so that's all I want. But again, that's like another one of those confirmations things, isn't it? You get Kelby one. That's one kind of confirmation for you that your work, people want your work to be shown and what have you, and they're prepared to pay for you to come and do it. You then get this confirmation that you know an art curator wants your stuff in London. Yeah, and then you get actually somebody who buys art buying your picture. All those little things there, well, not little things. All those things there kind of say to you that the direction that you are now going, having gone through all that other stuff and maybe yeah. having the, the society's event as being that trigger for you to say, I really now need to look relook at what I'm doing. I need to do what makes me happy, which I'm guessing now is where you're at. Very happy at the moment, yeah. But isn't it funny now that you make that decision that things then start to happen? And yeah. it doesn't have to be an overnight thing, does it? It's a, It can be a slow burner, but oh. the fact is that it's, it's not an overnight thing means that... It, it kind of cements it. It makes it more of a solid foundation as you go ahead now, doesn't it? 100%. I mean, mate, you know this has been a slow burner for me, slower than probably anything and everything. But I think nobody can escape the fact there's going to be a mic drop moment. Mm -hmm. And meeting Lisa and that shift in direction, that that was it for me. Um, I probably won't go back to that now. I mean, we, we I, now, now that happened... There's a there's also a change in the people that um, that I I'm doing things for. Like next week, it's the first time in all these years. It's the first time I'm speaking to a college mm. and a school 
about work. I was I was out walking the dog, and uh, um, I do know this guy. Uh, I did I did I kind of knew he was a t- something, either council or counsellor, teacher, something. And uh, as we crossed with the dogs and the dogs sniffed each other and everything else, um, it was like, oh, all right, Ian. I said, oh, all right, mate, how's it going? Um, yeah. We walked past and then he, he shuffled and stopped and he went, oh, Ian. And I knew he was plucking up the, not the carriage, but he just thought, oh, do you know what? I'm in now. Mm. Uh, Ian, I went, yes, mate. And he said, um, would you do me a favour? Uh, would you give a, a talk and have a chat to my photography students? And I, I thought, oh, this is new. So I said, all right, okay. He went, he said, they're a bloody unruly bunch. Would you just tell them f- photography's still cool? And he said, <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. And he said, I got some various slots and I'll email you and I'll you can have a look where you want to fit in the lessons. And to cut a long story short, next Thursday, I'll be um, taking the first double lesson of the day as a as a teacher. So how cool is that? Right, I mean, I know what I am, um, and for me now, at forty-six, I'll be standing up as teacher of the double lesson of photography. Wow! Not a paid gig, but wow, am I looking forward yeah, to it? It's so new, you see, good experience. it's new. It's a good experience, and I'll be there next. I'll be nervous, mate. I'll be nervous, and I said, "Oh yeah, of course I will." How old are they? And I was. Please say seven. Please say eight. You know, so you know, I can I can bribe them with sweets. And he said, uh, they're, "Mate, they're about 16. And I thought, "Ooh, okay, sixteen. There's a lot going on when you're sixteen. So, uh, do I need to bring any bodyguards? Am I going to get stoned or you know anything? You know, not great. Come along. I picked the double lesson to do. And uh, about two days later, uh, I had a comment on one of my uh, behind the scenes videos on YouTube, and it was from the teacher. And he says, uh, just letting you know, mate, we're really looking forward to you next week. Um, I decided to show the class a couple of your videos, and they're absolutely buzzing for oh, next brilliant. week. So, you know, I, you can't ask for any more. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's something yeah. completely different, look, yeah. you know? So, and I feel I'm giving something. Does that make sense? There has to be that kind of sort of personal satisfaction in what you're doing it doesn't all yeah. have to be about you does it Do no you know no I mean? no no. it's a south wales valley school yeah i'm going there uh whether or not i get stones another question but i'm going there and i'm giving something it's free. Mean by being stoned stone not, not sto- <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm not taking anything stoned to death with, uh, with bricks and stones um i mean you know that does happen no it doesn't um but the reception is or anything i'm sure will be fantastic but it's just number one in the 10 years that I've been doing photography, 11 years, um, I've never done it. So that's new again. Mm-hmm. And it's all on the back of making a decision. You cannot escape decisions. You have to make them right. It's kind of, it's kind of like before the SWPP, the societies thing, it's almost a case of slogging away, keep doing the same old thing and because I want to be able to do this and want to do that. And it's that old saying of if you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. That's madness. First sign of madness. Sign of madness. Well, yeah. 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 So, but the, the SWP literally was almost like a line in the sand without it planning to be that way. Yeah. Things happened which weren't, which weren't that nice if we're honest. Weren't that nice but also as well, even with those things happening, you still have to make a decision, mm-hmm. right? So you ain't going through any of it unless you take a direction, make a decision. And you'll get pushed and pushed and prodded and prodded until you do. 
And, you know, you sometimes hear people saying, oh, I'm not doing that for him or her again because of this. And they're not grateful and they're not that. And then you fall back into your ways. That may be your personality and you do. But it was a gradual shift that led to the decision. And this is based on a, a number of events. Kelby, knowing your worth, raising me up. I felt special, mate. Mm-hmm. I felt special. Gez says now to this day, the trip out there, the experience. Um, I sat down and did a, an interview you know, out there, uh, I was made to feel like a king. Uh, and then the dip, and then back up for the societies. Then a bad experience. But out of the bad experience comes Keith Robertson. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, you may like Lisa Gray. And out of that, thought, yeah, do you know what? I am worth something. I'm going to email her. And then these series of events lead to a decision where I said, I don't particularly go around camera clubs anymore uh, or joining that stuff you know because I don't have the time ultimately um, to, to do that but in terms of taking a double lesson in school there's no expectations it's just something to enjoy and it's a course of events so so if you could write your future from this point yeah what would what would be happening for you now then in an ideal st- sort of in an ideal scenario how, how it pans out yeah and i know people say oh you know you do write your future by you know without getting all kind of gary v and tony robbins on me yeah if yeah. you could write your oh, future that's another thing mate gary v do you know what i've only just discovered this guy no don't no no you is can't, it not no. no i was getting all pumped and no I, okay he, he was... i might even delete this section we're not going to talk right, okay. about that <laughs> i was getting all pumped with these motivators and these speakers and everything else but yeah, anyway yeah. all right anyway, anyway moving on right, right okay on. so i just so if you could write your your future what would you now want to do now that you are in your happy place and mm-hmm. you are you know the studio rather than it being a place that you're going to loan out to or rent out to other photographers in the area it's your man cave where you and you know the lads all get together and you create so it's your, you're now doing what you want to do you're controlling where you want to go where do you want to go? I think I'd like to, believe it or not, it's probably not all photography. <gasps> Shock horror. Um, the last shot we did the other day um, was a set build, a process, mood boards, storyboards, actors, actresses, people, props, everything else. When it came to the, the shot, t- pressing the shutter... Once everything was in place, the lights were gelled up, the flash guns were in the booth and everything's there. There's six lights going on. Um, You almost forget to press the shutter, if that Mm, makes sense. mm. You're having such a good time. I realize I'm having a great time making mistakes, building things, uh, making mistakes, creating things. And that's just it. Making mistakes, making mistakes, making mistakes, but loving that along the way. So by doing that, once you master that once you get it and you're happy with that and you put your image out there it took me uh what was what were the settings i tell you what it took because i was mixing ambient light i think i was down on about a 15th of a second with flash down low so it took a 15th of a second to get the picture and yet three months to make the picture Mm. so something for me i have to go in the way of i would love to be involved in set management set building uh, the concepts, the ideas. I would like. I would like nothing better in an ideal world for a film director or a, or a crew to see my work, approach me, or I get involved. They don't have to approach me. I'd, I'd love to get it. Just mm. you know, make my presence known and get stuck in that industry where there's lots going on: videos, cameras, set builds, actors. It's a busy, buzzing place, and you're having input. Your creative input 
into a set. I mean, you can imagine if there was a Hollywood blockbuster and there's uh, there's a scene where, for example, somebody's at their writing desk. It's a very moody, atmospheric shot. They're at their writing desk. And first of all, I'm thinking, right, there's the window. We'll have a bit of window light here. We'll have some constant light outside. We'll have this. We'll have that. I want, oh, he has to be smoking a cigarette or a cigar. I want smoke. I want atmosphere. I want mood. And what's he going to be wearing? What, he's going to have to be a gnarly, grainy character. And we want this. We want that. Input in either creating it, or making it happen, helping it happen, or just being there. And to be honest with you, I do it for nothing, you know. <laughs> but that is becoming less and less about what I use. I still don't own a, le- a lens. I use Steve's lens. Um, I got a camera body, but because I was pretty much broke, um, I got rid of my lens. Uh, Steve's got Steve now. Uh, he uses another camera, a Sony camera. I'm still with my Canon camera. Uh, he's given me a twenty-four one hundred five lens, and I don't even own a lens. I don't care for any of that. It's all about the process, get in there. And the sooner the better, I think, that people realize that. I, I'm, seeing, I'm still seeing people walking around fully loaded with belts and holsters, three different bodies, five different lenses, and I'm, I'm just wondering, are they lost? I just wonder, you know, <laughs> what, what, what's going on there like, you know? Mm. But for me, it's a tool to execute something for me to tell a story at the end, and that's, that's simply it. And literally, the photo shoot, the last photo shoot, the press shot is 10 minutes. 20 minutes superb you know well I think we've we've covered a lot I was looking at me watch then mate we're due to go for a curry very very soon so we're we're gonna we're gonna call it there but it's been it has been good catching up we haven't had a proper catch up like this is talking about what's happened over the last say year and a half with your stuff although obviously we're mates and I kind of see what you're doing and what have you we've not actually sat down and talked about it so I think it's worth sharing it absolutely mate and and that's that's just that even though you know because we're mates I know that people won't know the last time we spoke it was all a little bit I was a bit frustrated when I Glenn yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, a bit yeah. down and yeah. I was a bit sort of like I didn't know my worth I didn't know where I was at and this is why this rewind this catch up is happening I think those who've listened to episode 15 will definitely hear a difference in you yeah I yeah. definitely think that mate I'm, I'm happy yeah and also for the record and this will this will probably ring true with a lot of people I'm happy but since the last episode guess what I've made no money I'm still in my day job, but I'm happy, you see, because you stick by what you're good at. You stick by what you know. I bring people and friends in, and I share it all. Brilliant. And it's fabulous, mate. Fabulous. Stuff. All right. Well, I'll, we'll end on that note then. Nice one. Because I know they're going to be chomping at the bit I in know, the house. I know, we're, we're, we're at Anthony's house at the minute in like a little annex. And yeah. The guys are going to be de- desperate to go for the curry. But before we go as well, the other thing I will say is make yourself personable and approachable. If anybody listens to this, because on the back of episode 15, mind you, Glenn, I made extra friends, mm. extra friend requests on social media, yeah, extra yeah. friend requests. But that is that is that is you though. You are so, maybe, just but very approachable, would, very open and honest, and it did go down extremely well with yeah. everybody. And that's why, if anybody sees me, anyway, I will never turn down a handshake or a hug. And that is it. And well, I, I, I can everything. vouch for the fact is what you're hearing now is the Ian that you will meet. There's no, yeah, there's yeah, no difference. Yeah. There and, really and, and like I said, in the new year, for people in the UK and stuff, you know, I'll probably be at the usual shows and stuff in whatever capacity. And that's just it. Last year's photography show was great. I spent more time. I was like Prince Charles. I was shaking hands. I was like, you know, I was like royalty. <laughs> uh, not that that's a good thing at the moment, but uh, there we are. Yeah, let's not go there. there. <laughs> but yeah, let's not go there. But no, all is well. And yes, come say hello and... Uh, yeah, I'm Super. in a happy place. Brilliant. Curry time. Nice one. Thank Do you, it. mate. Nice one, mate. Cheers. Cheers.